Hello and welcome to another edition of Interview with DJ Nocturna. If you are watching on my YouTube channel, please like, subscribe, and share. Well, today I have a I have another guest. I'm speaking with the lead vocalist and songwriter for a band called Candy Coffin. It's a post-punk new romantics. I have James Latherin. How are you doing? Sure. <laughs> Great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining me. All the way from Certainly. South Carolina. Right. We we made this about as far across the United States as possible. <laughs> yeah. So uh, have have you were you born and raised in, in uh, South Carolina? No, uh I've only been here um I guess about 18 years now. Oh. Um I've lived around a, a variety of different places but primarily in the southeast. Oh okay. I heard it's beautiful there. My brother was just there. And he was telling me that, you know, it's really uh it's a beautiful place. It is. It, uh, the humidity where I am can get very bad in the summer, but um, but in general, it is very, very beautiful. We're very close to um, both the ocean and the mountains. So oh. um, that's that's one of the primary uh, draws for this area is for people to come here so they can access both really easily. Oh, wow. That's really good. I mean, just like here, we have the ocean and we have right. some mountains and this is, I mean, you can't really go anywhere. You can't really, you have to fly out of here if you want to. At least with sure. you, you, you can just drive anywhere you want. That's a good thing about living right. in Finland. Right. So um, I know you guys just released an album, uh, an LP. Was it November? Or, uh, just last week or so? Was that album? Uh, I think it's, we've we've been um, doing a couple different things with the record. I think the album itself finally dropped like uh, October 21st. No. But we've had singles and videos before and after that to kind of just really get get it out there as much as we're able, you know. Yeah, you know, I've never really interviewed somebody from from South Carolina, and then, you know, the music that you play is very deep and dark, and I like it. So, Thank you. Uh, can can you tell me a little bit about the name of your band and how you came up with that? I I thought that was really interesting. The first thing I noticed was that. Thank you. Yeah, um, I guess it's an interesting story. I won't make it too long, but um, my brother who, who's a guitarist, and when he visits, we play guitar, and we were kind of kidding around years ago about writing some songs and having a band and we were just kind of joking about what we would call the band and um uh he said uh what were those what were those plastic coffins that were filled with hard candy in the shape of bones back in the 70s that we used to get <laughs> and, I, and if you know about these you know they're called mr bones they were made by fleer they're discontinued and uh he said he said, what were those candy coffins called? And I said, I don't know, but you just named my next band. <laughs> wow. So there you go. Yeah. And of course, I give my brother the credit every time on that. And I went back to him and he was like, I have no recollection of that. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, but I'm, I'm trying to remember that too. You know, the, you know, back then in the 70s, they had all these am amazing things that they come up with and you never find them anymore, even like dolls and things like that. And um, yeah, if people people could get the rights to some of that stuff and, and remake it in small batches. I think they could do okay. Oh yeah. You, you mean the candy coffins? So all what, of that, you know, they had, they had <laughs> trash cans, they had coffins, they had school lockers and they were all filled with just basically sugar that's hard pressed into a shape, you know? And so uh, it was just really novel. They don't, I mean, I guess they try to do some candy like that these days, like interesting things, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I always remember this particular candy that I used to like. It was, uh, it was called Horlick. I don't know if you remember this. Okay. 
um, I, I don't know if you, you know, some people don't. I mean, I guess wherever you live, if you ever ate it, because they had it here, it came in a, it, it was round and they come in, they come in white and brown milk, milk, okay. milk it's malted balls. So there's, okay. there's white ones and there's brown ones. So I guess one is more milk, the other is more chocolate. And they, gotcha. they're shaped like a, like, um, like medicine and they come in a medicine jar. Oh, wow. They, they were the most delicious thing ever. And I would buy them and I would just like, and now they're gone. I mean, if you, if you search yeah. for them and I looked, you can find some in Japan, but they're not exactly the same. And right. Yeah. I'm, I imagine these days they would frown upon making candy, the shape and uh, style of medicine that can <laughs> confuse some people. Well, you know, certainly the name of your band is like, um, it's very original and it's, it's kind of like kind of like i don't know like bittersweet like you got the candy portion and you got the coffin so it's kind of like people wonder like okay so what's this song about what is this band about yeah yeah and that's why it stuck and fit even more when i actually started proceeding with this outfit you know and, and the songs that i started to gravitate towards um it, it made sense so i stuck with it so you are the primary songwriter as well right, right? So uh, right. how, how did you come up with with um with your with your members of your band? Do you want to you want to share their who they are? And uh, just sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely, I do because they're fantastic and they they make me sound good. Um, I've been through a couple of iterations, like most bands coming up, and um, you know, I've, I've really settled in a with a, a group of guys who are just fantastic. Um, they're, you know, they were all here residing. Some were active in other bands. Some were not. And I'll just kind of go down the roster. Um, when I was working with another musician in town on this project, she recommended Tom Allawine, um, who's our lead guitarist. He's been with me the whole time. And um, Tom was uh, was an influential guitarist in the 80s for a band called Bachelors of Art out of South Carolina. And interestingly enough, they played a music that could be stylistically similar compared to what we do today and when i heard him play and saw his capabilities i was um really enamored by that it, it felt like it was such a good match and we've been together since the the start of candy coffins um and then i was fortunate enough to um to get uh justin purdy and alex mabry into the fold they're both very accomplished musicians who have had a number of projects in town um and Justin plays keys for us, although he's a virtuoso and a ton of instruments. And then Alex is um, an expert with bass, guitar. And then finally, um, Jonathan Bradley rounds out with drums and percussion. Um, he's been in a number of out outfits over the years. And um, one of his, his biggest things was he was a touring drummer for Iron and Wine for a while, who you may have heard of, um, also a Southeastern band. So, you know, I've just really gotten lucky that uh, I've found these people. They're interested in what I'm doing. They can push it to the next level and they've decided to stick around. Um, you know, one of the hardest things with a band is keeping keeping the members and keeping them content, you know. And um, I think we've really bonded and it's it's a lot of fun to do what we do now. And And this was since when you first created the band, which was in 2018, right? Well, Tom's been with me since 2018, but the rest of them joined um, right right as COVID hit. I was assembling a new iteration of this band, and they all joined. And then I said, guess what? We can't practice or play <laughs> because of COVID. So, anyhow, we got past that. Did you guys do things online like everybody else were doing? 
Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, it was everybody was stumbling around trying to figure it out. Um, we didn't know what the longevity of that was going to be. Um, we were actually in the midst of putting out our first EP called Somehow Misplaced. And we actually got uh, everything prepped for streaming and the CDs in hand um, right as COVID hit. And, and the pandemic and everything shutting down lasted long enough where we eventually in May of, I guess it was May of 2020, decided to go ahead and release the EP. Um, we didn't want to sit on it too long. We had already been touting it, saying it was coming. So we went ahead and released that. About three months into um, pandemic, we got itchy to practice and we we started understanding COVID parameters a little bit better. So I went to the rehearsal space and I, I did some things to um, get good airflow moving out from the space, move each, uh, each member's kind of area further from one another. And, you know, we would, we would sanitize in and out and all that thing going in the space. And, um, and so we started back with rehearsals and then as the longer it went and people were doing digital things um, and streaming, I, I got this idea with a friend of mine, um, David Adams, who runs Deviate Productions. He's a professional videographer. Um, you know, I said, why don't you come record one of our practices and we'll put it online. And that snowballed into uh, Live from a Distance, which is on YouTube. It's it's a full set that we play without an audience uh, in a gigantic warehouse. It's professionally shot with at least three cameras, if not more. It's professionally um, recorded, uh, the audio is. And um, Dave Allawine, Tom's brother, ran sound on that. And uh, it's just a fantastic snapshot. And um, it was the way we stayed relevant during pandemic. Um, and it's really a great calling card for us. And coincidentally, that's the first time the five of us played in a room other than the rehearsal space <laughs> because uh -huh. of pandemic and because of the timing of them joining. So, so it's, it's, it's interesting to have that artifact, you know? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I could imagine just getting together and, and doing that with three cameras. I mean, that must be amazing. I mean, I, I did see it. It's, it's actually on your YouTube um, channel. If people want to. That's right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm really proud of that piece. And those guys should be too that shot it and, and recorded it because it's fantastic. Yeah. So this album that you released is called Once Do It With Feeling. And that one is, uh, it has a 10, 10 songs in the, in, uh, in the album. What are right. some of the inspiration behind that? Is there a specific theme that you focused on? Well, I, I worked closely with John for... Uh, who's a local engineer and producer here in town. He's a close friend of mine. And he and I decided to, during COVID again, we decided, you know, what are we going to do? And and he said, well, why don't I record this record for you in, and we'll start recording it in your rehearsal space. And I asked him to be the producer as well. So I worked really hand in hand with John on this whole project. And he was um, a really pivotal part of, of this record. And at a certain point, you know, John... I know the songs like the back of my hand and the band does too. As John started listening to them and, and, and coming up with nuances that maybe we should try and things of that nature. He, he looked at me like he had had a revelation one night when we were doing some mixing. He's like, this is a breakup record. <laughs> and uh, of course I'm like, I like to keep my cards pretty close on content of songs and lyrical meaning and things like that. But I realized that the, the record can, can provide an arc of a relationship from the beginning to the end, maybe not in sequential order, 
and maybe not with all the chapters there, but it is kind of that kind of tumultuous relationship um, document, you know? And um, so that's, that's kind of thematically how what's, what's going into a lot of these songs or what can be heard in a lot of these songs, both from, from both points of view in the relationship. Oh yeah. That's really amazing how I read that, that it was from two points of view and that's really interesting yeah. to do that because a lot of times it's only one sided, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, and that's how I like to approach my songwriting and lyric writing in, in general is to um, take another person's perspective and then try to write about it, try to write about something, you know, get in that headspace. So for one song, it's like two different perspectives or you, or each songs are just different perspectives. Well, I'll leave that to your discretion. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pay a little bit more attention now in this one. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so the lyrics to the songs are really interesting. And uh, you, you're the primary songwriter, right? Everybody, uh, they just, um, yeah, I mean, they, they, they take your, um, your, your music and then you guys come up with the whole song and everything. Yeah. I, I write the music. And the, and the lyrics and I provide them to the band as demos and they're very gracious. They don't beat it up too bad. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, the, the reason they're still around, I think, is because they actually enjoy it and they think it's decent to work on. But um, the luxury I have is that they're all very accomplished musicians and very creative, you know, each one of them. So they add their own take with their instrument to the song. And they may even suggest changes or tweaks or, uh, you know, different turns that the song could take. And we'll workshop those. And if they work really well, which oftentimes they do, then those will be incorporated in the song. Yeah. Interesting. Now, I, I know you have a single that you just released recently, Tangled Up in in, in Teacups, which has That's a right. beautiful video. Um, Thank you. To ballerina dancers. Yes. You want to tell us about that? I know it, it was... Um, directed by um um pearson collect collect collectives or collection that's right this is the pearson collective which is a um a media group out out of columbia here in south carolina fantastic work um and as soon as i was thinking through video the third video i made for this record or had made for this record i knew i wanted to work with them because i'd seen their previous work and it's just fantastic it's spot on and they're doing they're doing good stuff so I had the con I had a number of concepts and I worked with um, Chad Rochester from Pearson kind of conceptualizing them and seeing what was really realistic. And then also what, um, what may play well on screen and what may not, because sometimes in your head, you can think of something, but if you have an accomplished uh, person dealing with video, they may say, well, let me give you this angle on it because it may not end up looking like you want it to. And, and he really saved me from some, probably some pretty silly ideas, but um <laughs> But one of my ideas that that we all agreed was a, a, a pretty great idea was the concept of having ballet dancers in in deteriorating or um, darker, not pretty uh, scenarios or settings. Right. I wanted that juxtaposition and um, I couldn't be more pleased with it. It just really came together so well. Yeah, I, I noticed that, too. And uh is one one of them must be related to you that's my daughter yep. oh, yeah she's yeah. um she's a fantastic dancer and um you know I really wanted to incorporate uh her into this video and um she choreographed it um oh. she got she got her colleague from her dance company to um participate and um 
and they they were just amazing because we recorded that um we shot that for three hours straight um during the golden hour on, on a perfect day and um i didn't know much about ballet until i became so involved in ballet through her <laughs> but um dancing on point is a rigorous thing um it is like a it is like a a very physical sport um it, it's a lot of um takes a lot of energy and talent and it does it takes a toll on your body and also um the other thing that's that's not as i mean everybody probably kind of has that sense about ballet but the other thing that you may not know is that typically ballet dancers dance on a very specific floor if they go to a stage that doesn't have a floor for ballet they'll bring one and roll it out and tape it down and they dance on that type of floor well we had these young ladies dancing in vacant lots and in parking garages. And um, it was uh, still warm here in South Carolina. And we shot for three hours straight, which rarely would you, I mean, I don't even think Swan Lake is three hours long. Um, and, and that even has breaks in it and lulls and things like that. So they were real troopers and um, <laughs> I couldn't be more pleased. And I was, I was really happy personally as a father to showcase my daughter's work, obviously. She's um she's an aspiring professional ballet dancer, so I wanted to showcase that. Oh yeah, no, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful Thank video, you. and it, I always wonder what that meant tangled up in teacups. But uh, I'll leave it up to everybody's imagination, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> why not? Wow. So this album, I know you released that song recently, and I know you released um the Seaside Girls. Uh, I know there right. was singles released initially, right before the album was released. The whole album right. is out now, right? That's right. Yep. It's on streaming. It's uh, CDs are for purchase on Bandcamp. You can stream it on Bandcamp and all the all the primary streaming services have it for sure. So do you guys have any any upcoming plans? Well, we're going to do some shows, um, you know, uh, fourth quarter is tough for shows, primarily for us because of so many um, obligations with family and holidays and things like that. So in November, December, it kind of starts to slow down a little bit. Um, we are playing December 10th in Asheville, North Carolina. We're looking forward to that show. And then we have another local show here in January um, at the Art Bar. But, um, you know, my goal is to start ramping up playing shows and being able to play these songs live, which is really what appeals to me is playing live. Mm -hmm. And um, as a part of that, it will afford me the opportunity to also um, write songs behind the scenes and prepare some new material. We already have a couple of things in the works. Yeah. Well, so what is the what is the, what is it like in South Carolina with regard to the to the scene? Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. Um, we have found that we pretty quickly maxed out our interested audience in our hometown um, because it's a fairly conservative town. Um, I would say there's not a big music scene, although the people who are in it are um, diehards and and really passionate about what they do. Um, but we we quickly realized that going out of town to places like Asheville and Charlotte and Raleigh and Atlanta, um, we would find bigger uh, potential with audiences that really um, subscribe to what we're providing. Yeah, I, 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 I'm trying to remember if I if I see concerts going over there, I, because I know they go all over. I mean, you know. Uh, yeah, typically what we find with Columbia is um, we get skipped over because they're either heading to Atlanta or to Charlotte 
or somewhere further up north, and um, they kind of zip through Columbia and and most of South Carolina usually. And so you guys would have to go to another show for the for the concert. To another city. Yeah, yeah, another area, oh, yeah. Yeah, another city. Uh huh. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's some states, some cities are more popular than others, I guess. You know, like big cities and stuff like that. I do the same. Yeah, I have to go yeah. somewhere. For oh, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, they're they're banned uh, from here, but not like we just had a psychedelic furs last night. Awesome. Did you go? Oh yeah, I I went, awesome. I went to the last one. They were here last like five years ago too. Right, maybe six, six years ago. See, I saw, I saw them on the tour that they are probably still playing when they came to see you last night, and um, went to Charlotte for that. And Charlotte, North Carolina, um, has been really receptive to us. That they seem to have a really good oh, vital music scene and very receptive to different types of music. And have you ever thought about move, um, relocating somewhere else? Oh, that, that kind of makes me tired to even think about. You know, we <laughs> know. we're all. Um, we all have families, we all have day jobs and things like that. And so um, it's kind of out of the question. I think our, my most aggressive reach with this band that I aspire to is um, to get a tour in Europe because uh, I think we have good traction there. Um, people seem to really identify with what we do uh, in Europe, UK. So um, that would be my next step in, in terms of something like that. Yeah, the understandable. I mean, when you build your home somewhere, you don't, you just don't want to get up. It's hard to move. I know it's very difficult. Very yeah. difficult. Yes. But yeah. Sometimes you think you packed everything, and then you look back and I go, "Oh my god, I got five more bags." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, it's like it keeps growing or something. <laughs> I know exactly what it's like to move, and I, I, I hate moving to even just like two blocks away. You have to like sure. You you throw things away because you just don't want to take them. That's right. You're like, how did I get all this stuff? I didn't even know I had all this stuff. <laughs> Can you imagine those hoarders that they don't want to throw things away? I mean, they have to do it at that point. But yeah. That's right. Well, it's, it's, it's nice to to finally like know somebody from South Carolina and just understand a little bit about because I, I would wonder like what was what is a goth band doing in North Carolina, South Carolina? But I mean, right. it must be beautiful. I mean, there's some things you just won't change, right? Because you just have a you just you just rooted yourself in that place and you got that's that. right i mean it's a great place for um children to grow up you know and perhaps my location will change after my children are kind of grown but i i was moved around a lot as a child um and um i didn't want to do that to my children i wanted them to kind of know mm. everybody and all the places all the way up through and then let them make their own choices about where to go you know so when did you start playing um, music instruments and stuff? Uh, well, I, I started uh, being in bands when I was in junior high school. So seventh, eighth grade. Um, I, but I was the lead vocalist for a uh, hardcore band called Habeas Corpses. Um, I didn't play guitar at that time. Uh, and then as, as I got into high school and befriended some people who were musicians, uh, someone jonathan burns who became my best friend taught me guitar in fact we roomed together my freshman year at uh, the university and he taught me while we were rooming together as freshmen um, we had already been in to get uh, in a band together before that but then we started another band in, in college called no flowers and that was the first time i truly started playing guitar and singing in that band uh and then 
Oh, what, what other bands have I been in? Um, I guess most relevant prior to Candy Coffins, I was in a post hardcore band that I started called Crown the Cake. And it was actually formed while I was here in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, and so that's, that's kind of, uh, the last thing I did before Candy Coffins. Yeah, you know, I I can understand that, you know, because I used to live too in a, in another place, and uh, there's not much of a scene either, you know, with regard to what I like. So, mm -hmm. you're like one, and maybe there's a few other people. Right. Oh yeah, you get to know everyone that's in that scene, right? <laughs> you know them all by name. Like, that's right. And then you have to go somewhere to just to watch a concert or do something, and then when everybody goes, how did you learn all those songs? And you just you right. live in that place. Like I just do, you know. When you have a that's passion right. for something, you just know it, right? certainly wow okay wow that's that's amazing thank you for sharing all of that with us certainly. um i know you have a website which is candycoffins.com if people want to that's right check out your music as well as a band camp candy coffins and band camp and of course you have a facebook page a twitter page instagram um and of course your youtube channel did they yep. just look for candy coffins and then they'll take you there yeah, fortunately, you know, like you mentioned earlier, it's a unique enough name where you can put that in and you're you're gonna find us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And all those link links to all the all those social outlets are on our website, candycoffins.com as well. So you can just link out from there. All right. Well, you know, thank you for, for joining. Uh big shout out to Shauna from Shameless Motion PR. Absolutely. Uh, for uh organizing and uh always doing a great job. And uh yeah, congratulations on your new LP. Once do it with feeling, and it's available on their Bandcamp page, Candy Coffins, and uh, James Lathrin. Thank you for joining. Got it. I gotta make sure I thanks. Some <laughs> your, your yeah, name. That's right. I mean, if they Google your name, you'll only find you, right? That's right. They may <laughs> find my father, but they can figure that out. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having me and for asking such engaging questions and and kind of knowing a little bit about us. I really appreciate that. Oh, yeah, always. Yeah, thank you. Hold on one second. Okay, let me stop the recording. All right. Certainly.